0: Good morning. It is Thursday, January 5th. It is five minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And Rob, I have a question for you. Yes. I don't even know how to get into this first segment. I know we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Biden here, mm-hmm. but uh, this first segment is some audio of him, uh-huh. and I-, I don't know where it's from. Uh-huh. I, I think I know what he's talking about because he paraphrased it. Yes. So, should we just roll it and then discuss?
1: Yeah, yes, because I will, uh, I put this on the template. And usually I, because I am lazy, I just put the thing on the template and I just put, I have no idea. And then you do all the research to find out what it is.
0: I did do the research. And I love, this is the relationship. But I don't know where it, where it came
2: from.
1: Well, because this is the relationship I had with Mock, where Mock did the template and all the actual work.
2: Now (laughs) I do the template,
1: but if there's something I have to put any work into, I just put, I have no idea. And then you figure it out. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel better that you couldn't really figure it out either.
0: Well, I th- I think I know what he's saying. Oh, okay. But I don't know where or when he said okay, it. Okay, well,
1: let the, the perfect. Let's play it. I've traveled over 140
3: countries around the world. As I was, I'll paraphrase the phrase of my own neighborhood. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do.
0: Okay. So he said he paraphrased it. You're just staring at me. Like, go, what is it? Go ahead. Yeah, and you're talking about the patch on your jeans comment, right? Right, that's correct. Because no, he said he paraphrased mm-hmm. it so that we could understand it better. And he said they used to say that in his neighborhood.
1: Was that the Puerto Rican neighborhood that he grew up in? Or is that he claimed it, he grew up in that wasn't?
0: Or is it the Green Ridge neighborhood in Scranton, Pennsylvania where he When he was grew taking
1: up? the train nine million times that he couldn't have taken?
0: And you're not a patch on your jeans. So I don't know about you, Rob, but when I was growing up around my neighborhood, we used to say things like, meet you at the bus stop. Yeah. Or uh my mom said, I can't come over until I do my homework.
1: Sure. Right. English.
0: One of my favorites was, uh, my mom said she'll drive us there, but your mom has to pick us up. Sure. Right. Or mom said it was okay if it's okay with yours. Right. What he means is we can't treat other countries like they're an accessory. Oh. We have to treat other countries fairly and not just for our own self-benefit. Why? It's it's his version. This is Joe Biden's uh-huh. version. And I almost want to play it again because it's a patch on your jeans.
1: Oh, this is a whole, like, we have to be part of the world community, globalist... Type of thing. Yes. Oh, okay.
0: It's his version of speak softly and carry a big stick. We
1: have to uh, acquiesce to other countries and get on mended knee and apologize for American greatness. This is what his, yes. we're sorry for all the things America's done. Like remember when Obama went and bowed before the world leaders and all, it's, it's like, this is just a 2023 version of that. Yes. Ah, I get it. Okay. Now it all makes sense. And that is totally... In character, on par with what I would expect from Joe Biden. Okay, right. makes perfect sense now. Which Great is, job.
0: Oh, thank you. I had no idea for I, figuring that out. How
1: did you even go about doing that?
0: I, like I said, I did a little research. Well, you would have had to,
1: and that's why I said. I've I...
0: never heard that phrase before, though. Oh, I've...
1: thank you. Good. It makes me that makes me feel markedly better. Wait, you're not a patch on our jeans. right? That's correct.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really weird that that's what he talked about in his neighborhood when he was growing up. Like he just said,
1: was that with corn pop?
0: In his neighborhood. And the guy that had
1: hairy legs? Well, that was him, wasn't it? In his three-story
0: colonial who had home.
1: The, who had the hairy legs? Was it Biden that had the hairy legs that turned blonde in the sun? Or was that Corn Pop? Do we even remember who? I, I
0: think it was his hairy legs. It was his
1: hairy legs? Yeah. I, he's told so many stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I actually looked up his old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, they, nice, wasn't it? They have a Facebook group.
1: Oh, really? It's pretty nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, you know, they got a little little Pizza Heaven. Uh-huh. There's a Waldo's for your nightlife. Yeah. Uh, Zumo's Cafe. There's a CVS pharmacy, a Planet Fitness.
1: You know, somebody said this. This has been a you know a little while ago, but it stuck with me. You know, there was a time in this country where the very best and most learned amongst us were the people who we sent to lead this nation, Mm -hmm. and we are so far gone from that. The great mistake that the Founding Fathers made, and in, in all their brilliance they made very few, but the great mistake that the Founding Fathers made because they lived it and experienced it was they could not fathom a world in which the best amongst us didn't want to serve for the best of motive because they, they, in their mind, in the present day, obviously they said, we know what it took to found this country Mm -hmm. and we know we would not ever possibly squander what it took to found this country. Well, obviously over time, as we don't teach history and people don't understand and it's not ingrained in people's memories and people who hate America know that they don't want people knowing how special America is, that just gets diluted to the point where you have people like AOC Mm -hmm. and Joe Biden... I, it just, I mean, we have some legitimate morons uh, running this country.
0: How about Santos?
1: Sure. No, the, I mean, pick, pick, pick the party. It's not who's, a party. Whose whose
0: who's theme song is "One Is the Loneliest Number"? This guy's first day in office after getting sworn in, sitting by himself. Nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody wants to be around him. Like lying is contagious. Well,
1: right, 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 right. But uh, think about that. Think about that. So because he got caught, mm-hmm. so Santos's lie hasn't harmed anyone from the sense of he hasn't stolen from anyone, he hasn't insider traded, he hasn't passed policies that better him at the at at the at the belittlement of the rest of the country. And yet these people mm-hmm. who do that every single day have the audacity- To disown him. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, is he going to get anything done for his voters, though? They're, I mean, they're the people who are going to lose the Long Islanders who put him there.
1: Yeah. And this is the reason, Casey, I've talked about this before, I had to get- out of it and why I'm not sure I can go back. And maybe later we'll talk about the meeting I had to go to last night oh, right. where they cut out the citizen comments because I think they knew I was coming. They knew you
0: were going to uh, be there. But, but I,
1: I, I find myself, and I found this for the four years I was involved, I spent so much time being physically angry about the corruption and the self-interest and just the, the, just hypocrisy and audacity of people at all levels of government mm-hmm. that I made the choice. And I, I know people like laugh when I say this. I realized at, at, at 30 years old, 31 if we're being technical, that I was going to die of a stroke or a heart attack before I, t- before I turned 35 and had to get out of it. And getting marginally back into it, even to go to meetings now. Mm-hmm. It is. You get
0: that same feeling? It
1: it, it is these people, and it's at every level. It's the local level. It's the state level. It's the national level. People have realized we can vote for ourselves at the expense of everyone else, and the public at large is so apathetic and uninformed that we bank on about a 99% chance we're going to get away with it.
0: So let's talk about what's going on at the border. A suspected migrant stole a road roller from a private ranch in Texas and drove off with the vehicle until it ran out of fuel, uh, which was his intention to just keep going. Nearly 2,000 miles of border between U.S. and the Mexico, the busiest in the world each year. Our southern border allows 300 million people to cross it, approximately approximately 90 million cars and 4.3 million truck crossings, and those are the legal ones.
1: <laughs>
0: and now, Joe Biden says he's going to visit the border.
4: Are you going to be visiting the border when you head down to, to Mexico?
3: That's my intention. We're working out the details now.
1: So, isn't, isn't that, I didn't mean to cut you off. Isn't it odd that that's how he would make that announcement?
0: It's his, it's his intention. His intention.
1: Thank you. Because because that is a monumental thing when in 50 years plus of public service, you've never once been. Right. As a senator, vice president, or president, you've never once been to the southern border. Wouldn't you make that, like, that's how you make the announcement? In a response to a question?
0: hmm It's his intention. Well, now we're going to have photos of him working on it. Because he's been working on securing the border forever, according to Green Jean-Pierre. And now we're going to have pictures of it. Of course, he wants amnesty for millions of people. Republicans don't want that. And the Homeland Security Secretary is saying that it's a strain on our system. And there's no question that the immigration is fundamentally broken. Oh, that's, fundamentally broken that, broken
1: that's their favorite word when uh, especially when they deal with immigration is fundamentally flawed fundamentally broken mm-hmm. now you know what is broken the southern border if you secured the southern border, you would fix the immigration, the vast majority of the immigration issues. They don't want to secure the southern border because they are wholly, they being the Democrats, wholly invested in an entire generation of reliably Democrat voters who are totally beholden, on uh, dependent upon government services, and they know the Republicans, because of their big business buddies, and the fact that they're just, in general, they're just very weak people, won't do a darn thing to stop them.
0: Well, and here's the thing, everybody, you know, we've been talking about, he hasn't been to the border, he hasn't been to the border. Which, which part the border is he going to? Right. Is he going to go to El Paso right. with his thousand people entourage? Apparently, that he travels with because he couldn't go to the Pope's funeral because of that. But he's going to take all of the those people down to the border. And which section is he going to go to? There, it's his intention to go to work it out. But he's not going to be like Expelliarmus and you know may wave a magic wand and cast a spell and fix everything.
1: He, he might do that. You it's Joe Biden. I mean, he really could. If he showed up in a top hat with a magic wand, would anybody really be surprised? If he (laughs) showed up dressed like the Count from Sesame Street, would anybody really be surprised? Hey, Casey.
0: Yeah, Brad Klaffenstein's coming up
1: Yes, there are some big potential news. This is, I think, positive Mm -hmm. for bar and restaurant owners across the state of Indiana, and he's going to fill us in on that next.
0: All right. It's 93. W-I-B-C.
1: a bar or a restaurant it might be getting a lot more entertaining in 2023 if and this is the big if Mm -hmm. the indiana general assembly does its job and to find out what's going on when we talk booze when we talk food there's one guy we go to friend of the show brad kloppenstein brad how's it going Good, Rob,
2: Casey, great to be with you today.
1: All right, so before we get into what's going on with bars and restaurants and this big bill in front of the General Assembly this year, you, uh, of course, pay attention to what's going on on this show. You know we've been talking a lot about property taxes, the looming skyrocket of property taxes that the Indiana General Assembly is doing nothing about. And you have a personal story for our audience, in case they don't believe me.
2: Right. I, it's funny. Right before uh, we we started uh, this interview, I opened up my new mortgage payment. My payments going up a hundred and fifty dollars a month. <laughs> So what? Okay, so 100 That's all, all go into escrow. So apparently my property tax bill has come in. Joy.
1: Uh, so the, so I'm doing math here, and again I'm a product of the public school system. But the uh, let's see, so 150 a month. That that would be 1,500 times 10. That's 1,800 dollars a year. You're going to have to pay an additional property taxes. But
2: Rob, it's worth it. It's for the children. <laughs> and,
1: and and just to clarify, I've, I've been to your house. You do not live in a uh, a Carmel mansion of
2: any sort. No, no, I live in a 120 year old. <laughs> military barracks
1: <laughs> why why okay so before we get into this thing with the bars and restaurants you know these guys and you're much nicer than I than I am and so you have relationships with, with some of these people why don't they care at all these these people in the general assembly could care less
2: I think that largely it's because of reactionary um, I don't know how well that dovetails into our next topic, but um, <laughs> it, but I, I think they typically react when people show up with torches and pitchforks, and they're getting a bunch of phone calls. But until the calls come in, it is smooth sailing as far as they're concerned.
1: Yeah, he's absolutely right. You've got to call. You've got to write. You. This is why we exist, right? We've talked about this, Casey. Mm-hmm. We 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 cannot make them do anything. In fact, as Jim Lucas said, they're going to do the exact opposite of what what I want because they don't want to give me the win. <laughs> So you've got it you've got to do it. Our voice is for you to do it. All right, Brad, Let's talk about some
2: big going on with bars and restaurants. What is it? Tell? So um that there's it looks like there's going to be an i-gaming initiative in the General Assembly uh, for years. Most people know I have been involved with the Indian Licensed Beverage Association, which mm-hmm. is the trade association for bar and tavern owners, and we've been trying to get some sort of gaming in our establishments. What um, is
1: what is i-gaming? Tell, tell what what is this electronic gaming? Tell.
2: So basically, uh, so i-gaming is slot machines on your phone, effectively. Oh, so mm. you can do sports gambling on your phone. There's i-gaming on your phone from a bar's perspective. We've been trying to get gaming in our establishments for 20 years. People come in, they will do sports betting at our establishments, but the establishments don't benefit from that. If I'm gaming passes, they will play iGames at our establishments, but our establishments will not benefit from that. All we are saying is... Bars, restaurants, private fraternal clubs, bowling alleys, those are locally owned Indiana businesses. They would benefit our community more than any other. But when you pass eye gaming or sports betting or when you do casinos, almost all of that money goes to out-of-state interests. We're saying allow our local businesses that support the community to have the opportunity to somehow profit from this because we know people are already doing it in our establishments.
0: Give me an example of an eye game.
2: So like I say it's basically just a hand- it's a handheld slot machine it's a slot machine on your phone. And so there's going to be that There's no doubt about it. That language is going to go through the General Assembly. Um, We've got a sponsor, Representative Chris Judy, who's out of Fort Wayne, is going to sponsor a bill for video gaming terminals that are going to be in bars. Um, They've done this in Illinois. It's been fantastic. It has saved your local mom-and-pop taverns in Illinois. And uh, we're hoping that we can do that here in Indiana.
0: How much do these iGames cost? Like, if I were to go sit down at Joe's bar...
1: Well, no, no, and I want to be very clear. I think what Brad's talking about is... We have iGaming. It's these right. elect- they're asking for the electronic terminals in the bars to be able to compete with that because that
2: money would stay in the bars and restaurants. Correct. That's correct. So the iGaming and video gaming terminals are two separate things. So, so. If we do the video gaming terminals, they're estimating that the state's going to reap about $105 million a year. Um, for your local mom-and-pop tavern, it's going to be 40 or $50,000 a year. That's not enough that you can retire on, but it is enough to fix up your bathrooms.
1: Yeah, well, so that's the point, right? There is no downside to this other than people who give big money to these politicians don't want it because it would take away from the mass profits that they make.
2: And that is the rub. So you've got big money interests largely out-of-state big-money interests that are pushing the iGaming. They've already pushed the sports betting on your phones. All we're saying is help the little guys this one time. Mm.
1: All right, so what's going on? How do people do this? Is there some big shindig you were telling us about what's happening?
2: So, we're having a reception uh, Monday afternoon at 4.30. That's in the ISTA building. I know, Rob, that makes you sh- shiver. Um, no, wait, is this,
1: the, is this the Seed Trade Association building or yeah. the <laughs> Teachers Association building? We'll go
2: with the Seed Trade Association. <laughs> um, so, it, it's a legislative reception, so we're going to have some bar owners there. We're going to have the coin out people there. So, like the jukebox, the people who do jukeboxes and pool tables are also part of this. They would be the distributors. So, we're having a reception. We've invited legislators and a few other key people, much like yourselves, to show show up and learn more about it and uh, maybe have a couple snacks and a beer. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. So I, I, I could be
1: in the same room legally with a whole bunch of state lawmakers? Yes.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. Rob Casey, I am inviting you personally (laughs) as my
1: guest. Oh, well, I don't know what I was doing Monday, but I know what I'm doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think this is phenomenal, Brad. If people want to learn more about this, if they say, hey, this sounds like a good idea, there's no loss in this, right? I mean, it only benefits one, the the state coffers, and two, more importantly, the small business owner. What can they do?
2: Uh, So if. If the average person wants to learn more, it's www.vgtsforindiana.org. org. What is that website again? VGTSforindiana.org. org. Right. So video gaming terminals with an S for Indiana org. Right. And um and yeah, or if uh, the IAMOA is the association that's, that's leading the charge on this.
1: All right, so, uh, keep up the good work. It's so good we have a booze correspondent on this show. You're one of the best in the business, the great Brad Klappenstein. Thank you, my friend.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. <laughs> Is this from the album that's 50 years old? Yes, today, today is
1: the 50th anniversary. Weather, burst just like a Bruce Springsteen. Sorry, I, no, no, sorry. You yeah. zoned out there. Well, no, I just, I, lo- I love this album. Like, this is the young man's album. If you are a person coming of age... Greetings from Asbury Park is the album. Like, he is a complete maniac,
3: this entire album. (laughs) It it sounds like he wrote a handbook for life. It is, uh, he once (laughs)
1: described. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no. He once described, I saw him describing uh, Blind by the Light. He said, the pages were on fire at this point mm-hmm. as he's writing. And that was what great music from this era. Today is the 50th anniversary of the release of Greetings from Asbury Park, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen's first album. Mm-hmm. And this era of music, whether it is so many of these guys, right? There were so many of these dudes who became prolific, epic songwriters who were very young, Bob Seger, Bruce Springsteen. And they were complete young, vibrant maniacs with their whole lives right in front of them. Like much of the the albums from these guys are looking backwards, but the early stuff is looking forwards. Like what do you want your life to be? Mm -hmm. And I was always totally, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I would listen to this album on a loop and be completely enthralled with what a guy who became one of the most successful, famous people in the world what Before any of that, what did he want his American experience to be?
0: Musically, it sounds a lot different than his big yes. hits.
3: Yeah, I was telling you during the break, uh, you know, it sounds like it's... More um, complicated. Yeah. With the music. There's a lot of go- there's a lot going on in these uh, songs, and the I feel rhy- like
1: the rhyming dictionary was on fire, Kevin.
3: Yeah, and he kind of simplified
1: it and, later on. And I think that's really. Career. I've always thought that's really interesting to try to understand whether it's music or politics or whatever. What were super successful people before they were super successful? What was their vision mm-hmm. to being That Mm -hmm. Like some people just accidentally fall into it, right? At some point, people, sometimes they just, you luck into success. You luck into fame. You luck into fortune. uh, A ball bounces the right way. But for so many people, they have a vision of a path to success. Mm -hmm. And music is super cool because... These early, The early albums of these guys That were, became big in the mid to late 70s The Bob Seegers, the Springsteens, the Tom Petty's mm-hmm. You can go back to those early albums And they'll spell it out for you And yeah. that's so cool To envision yourself being something And to work hard enough And work long enough that you make that dream become a reality.
0: In Bruce Springsteen's case, though, it almost sounds like he had to dumb down the music to reach commercial success. He did. Yeah. That's
1: and that's a lot of great songwriters ha- did that. And and a lot of guys his age, you know, he was branded as, "Hey, I, this is the next Bob Dylan." That was Columbia mm-hmm. Records thing in 1972, 1973, you got to see this dude, he's a Bob Dylan who will play for three and a half hours on stage. And within an hour of the first song, he needs a shower, right? I mean, that was his, it's the, if Bob Dylan were a great live show, this is the guy. And then you quickly realize, and this is so much of life, and it's true in our business, right? Everybody was mentored by somebody in radio. Mm -hmm. And when you're mentored by someone, you kind of take on the persona of that person because nobody has any idea what they're doing when they get into this, and you're laughing because it's true, right?
0: <laughs> I just, yeah. I, you know, I can recall telling Kevin I was a sponge. I just soaked yeah. everything up.
1: Every person yeah. has somebody, mm-hmm. in, in, especially in radio, where they say this person helped mold me, mentor me. What Kevin and I joke about is a is a real mm-hmm. thing, right? And 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 so you take on the persona of. That person, and I think music is or was Kevin would be able to talk about this better than I would. But there was a time where they were always looking for the next whatever, right? This the next Elvis, the next Bob Dylan, the next Beatles, the next whoever. Mm -hmm. And so there probably is a period for everybody where you figure out how do you go from the person who inspired you and sort of plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery. They. To to uh, this is me and this is what I am. Mm-hmm. And by the way, all the you people in the YouTube chat who don't like this can kiss off. It's our show.
3: Yeah, it takes a while for an artist to uh, develop an identity. Yeah, fi- find his sound. You're, abso-
1: you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. This is 50 years is a big deal. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to 50 years old, much less have an album that's 50 years old. (laughs) Yeah,
3: uh, we should celebrate. I guess we already (laughs) kind of are celebrating. Kevin
1: pulled the plug on the mentorship session today.
0: Well, I know. He's playing all this Bruce Springsteen music, like, you know, you're having your mentor session
3: today, but you're not. I have a good excuse. I'm having an important meeting with the uh, mixing engineer of the Uno Gold Music. (laughs) Of his band. We're going to iron out some uh, some things, (laughs) iron out some wrinkles and just kind of... uh, Kevin fix this thing.
1: Kevin strolls in today <laughs> and he he walks in the studio and he just looks right at me and goes yeah, no mentoring session today.
0: I can't do it today. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. say Kevin.
1: Are we right, happy? Right. He just, nothing today. He called it off. My ger- my German friend takes precedent over you. He's got a
0: BBD, <laughs> a bigger, better deal coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You've been tabled, Rob Kendall. <laughs> hey, look, you know what else? You've, you've been tabled for yes. today with your mentoring session. You were banned last night. What is going on with you?
1: Yeah. I, you were banned. Well, I tried to be a part of uh, the community. I tried to do my civic duty and go mm-hmm. to a public government meeting. -hmm. And they banned me from speaking. Did they? Was it just you or was it everybody? Oh, they banned everyone. Okay, why did they do that? I have no idea. So I went to the town council meeting last night in Brownsburg. Yeah. And. Uh, they were appointing people to boards and commissions. So these are the people that are going to run our town for the next year, or two years, or three years. Okay. And I had no idea how these people were picked, because there was no public meeting where they discussed these uh, candidates. People interviewed, and there was no discussion. And, well, now, I guess it turns out they had a closed-door caucus meeting, which is very interesting, and I'm not sure how that lines up with the public access and open-door laws. We're going to find out, though, on that one. But that's another story. So I went to the meeting, said, well, I'll just ask them. I'll get Mm -hmm. up during the citizens' comments Mm and the first the meeting, and I'll just say, um, excuse me, as a concerned citizen, I'd like to know how you picked these people. Because, well, Casey, of the 20 people that they picked, uh, 20-ish people, there was no discussion on any of them. Nomination, second, mm-hmm. everybody voted. How is it possible that on every board and every commission there was mm-hmm. not one objection, mm-hmm. dissent, mm-hmm. conversation? Mm-hmm. It's almost like they'd already had that conversation. Right. So I went and I said, Well, I'll just, I'll just ask them in public. These are, you know, good god faring people, they'll uh, you know step right up, and I'm sure be happy to answer. And they said, no, 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 uh, no, no citizen questions. comments tonight. And I said, well, when did that get decided? And the town manager and town attorney just looked at me and went.
0: Sounds like some backdoor deals were happening.
1: Uh, I have no idea. I'm not saying that, Casey. I have no idea. I just know that it is an incredible act of transparency when you ban the public from answer from asking <laughs> any sort of questions before a meeting, and you appoint. 20-ish people to various boards and commissions that are going to run the town based on what types of houses can you build, what types of businesses can you have, where will roads go, and you... Don't offer any idea on how these people were selected.
0: I wonder if they knew you were coming, and that's oh, why they, that's they always why they, know I'm coming. That's why they uh, shut down. But I it warned down. them.
1: I warned them. In fairness, Casey, I warned them. I said, when those three little piggies mm-hmm. took those raises, they stuck their nose in the trough. And I said, you people do not want me involved in this town again, mm-hmm. and they chose to take the money. And I said, now I have to get. worth of entertainment from you people because uh, that's the amount of my money you took for doing absolutely nothing.
0: All right. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And did you see that Night Court is coming out with a reboot? I
1: did see that and it looks horrific. You think so? The only original is John Larroquette, Mm -hmm. who is like 9 million years old. And he is still apparently a local prosecutor, <laughs> yeah. which is ridiculous. He hasn't
0: advanced far, has and, he?
1: And uh, Bull, Mole, was Mar- Richard Mole, mm-hmm. I think was his name. Martin Mole was the other famous actor. But Richard Mole, the big guy, is mm-hmm. not on it. Uh, but I was—I wondered, can you think of any reboots right. that have been really good and really successful?
0: Well, I know a lot of people liked The X-Files. That came back
1: for a few years. That is true, it did. It was because okay. Because there were so many
0: unanswered questions. Right. Uh, Karate Kid was very popular. There's
1: a good point. Yes, that was very successful in. Netflix,
0: and then after that, you got Beverly Hills 90210. Did you watch the reboot of that? Probably, you probably watched the original of that and really enjoyed it.
1: I watched Tiffany Amber Thesis. Yeah, of course. You on did. there,
0: uh, One Day at a Time had a reboot. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doctor Who, Jersey Shore. The them. Oh, that's Kids. the one with
1: the Snooky. Yeah. Oh. There
0: was a reboot of that, and there was also a reboot of uh, Battlestar Galactica.
1: So what you are saying is based on the previous. Uh, shows and their reboot Mm -hmm. status I should anticipate this being a highly horrific experience (laughs) and I should probably not put any effort into watching why would you bring Night Court back now it has been off the air for 30 years
0: Mm -hmm. well that's that's the new thing, I guess, for TV, right? Reboots? Because there's some shows that are more than Night Court that are getting rebooted. Law and Order. There's going to be a Frasier reboot.
1: Yeah, I saw that. And and the brother's not going to be in it, which is very disappointing. And the dad is dead, so I don't know how they're going to do that.
0: And the dog's probably long gone as well. Well, that's true. Good point. Uh, Fraggle Rock getting a reboot. Beavis and Butthead already had a reboot. They've been
1: rebooted like nine times.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mystery Science Theater
1: Hot take, by the way. Beavis and Butthead do America, one of the most underrated cinematic scores of all time.
3: Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I knew Kevin would.
1: I knew Kevin would be getting in on that.
0: Are there any shows that you would like to see rebooted?
1: No, nothing.
0: Nothing because I like you, original. You like to preserve that new in your memory. New thoughts.
1: New thoughts. Mm-hmm. New ideas. New stuff. A show has run its course. You go on,
3: you go on to something else. Well, speaking of Beavis and Butthead, I would like to see King of the Hill come back. There you go. Do well, You
0: want a reboot or just- the original show I guess yeah I guess I just want a
3: reboot the or uh, or the original show you know Dallas came back too yeah as Yellowstone no no I'm (laughs) saying there was
1: an actual Dallas remake with uh the guy who played J.R. Ewing what what the hell's his name Larry Larry Hagman oh yeah yeah it was J.R. Ewing yeah it was uh but everybody else was mostly new but uh there were some of the original characters on there
0: now there's two shows that I would like to see a reboot of one is The Sopranos. Did you ever watch that?
1: Oh, I watched every Soprano. Okay,
0: but this time, focus on the New York family instead of the New Jersey crime family.
1: Oh, I see, yeah.
0: Have it be adjacent uh-huh. to what was going on there. And the second reboot that I think would be fascinating, and you'll probably laugh at this, a Little House on the Prairie reboot, because as a child, that was one of my favorite all-time yeah. shows. However, I would like to see a more adult version of that show, like what it was truly like.
1: Was that, is that you the know, one with John Boy?
0: No, that was the Waltons. Oh yeah. You're, uh, this is Michael Landon.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, that's the right. Ingles. Women loved Michael Landon. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but wouldn't a more real life authentic version of pioneering in the 1800s and with the Indians and everything. Yeah. Uh, an adult version. Like really. What was it like?
1: All right, when we come back. Yeah. We have somebody who is going to be here to make a big mm-hmm. announcement, someone running for public office, and we are about into local government election season, and we'll just let the music just tell the story as we go to break. All right. It's 93 WIBC.
2: Back up on the street, That's
0: the show of pretty the cripple on the corner cries out, nickel, slay your pity. Them downtown boys, they sure talk gritty. It's so hard to be a saint here in the city.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: <laughs> certainly not true but as it being half my show i am choosing to use my half of the show today mm-hmm. to talk about one of my personal interests local government yeah and you know we talk about this all the time one of the big problems with local governments is it's the same people that Mm -hmm. seem to always be involved, whether you live in Avon or Carmel or Greenwood. or where, It just seems like it's always the same people and we get the same idea. So this year, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, I think it'd be cool if from time to time we interview people running for local government offices because we want to showcase good people because let's face it, there aren't very many, well, creative, good, talented people that are running for local offices. And so with that, our first victory. Victim, a big ana- this is the we're breaking news today casey yeah we have somebody who is running for the mayor of westfield with us today kristen berkman kristen how are you
4: i'm great okay thank you for having me a-
1: absolutely so the first question we ask everybody that walks in here that subjects themselves to running for public office why are you doing this to yourself did you draw a short straw did you lose a bet why are you doing this
4: That's a great question. Um, You know what? It's the right time for me, and I've served on our plan commission for three years.
1: Oh, that's a thankless job.
4: And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a really great learning experience to learn about our local government in Westfield. And then the second thing is, I've been for the last two years in a doctoral program at Marymount University in Washington, D.C., um, specializing in leadership and organizational innovation. So I am on track to complete that in the summer of 2023. And so, with those two aspects coming together, I hope I do have some new perspectives and creative ideas for our city.
1: Uh, So, let's talk about Grand Park. I'm sure that's what everybody asks you about, right? That's Mm -hmm. all in the news. Are we selling Grand Park? What what is going on with Grand Park? Are we selling Grand Park? Are we keeping Grand Park? Where are you at with Grand Park? uh, Newsflash, you're going to get that question about 93,000 times between now and Election Day.
4: I'm glad because I like to talk about Grand Park. Oh, great. Yes. I am a travel baseball mom, Uh, and (laughs) I've been a team manager for my son's team. So, uh, I know a lot about Grand Park from that perspective, but Let's talk about from the city perspective and, um, and what Grand Park is. It is our flagship asset. It is, when you Google Grand Park, it's in the top 15 for amateur sports parks in the nation. And so that makes it an incredible asset. But I have a lot of questions too, Rob. And one of those is, is it working financially for the citizens of Westfield? And if that answer is yes, why is it for sale? Yeah. If that answer is no, I really want to dig into, have we really examined every opportunity at Grand Park to really have it meet its potential? And those are really important questions for the citizens. And I think we need transparency on those questions. And I'm currently asking those questions, but I don't have good answers today.
1: Uh, Kristen Berkman's our guest. She's running for the mayor of Westfield. We're talking about Grand Park. That that That's what is interesting to me, is how little information there is out there for the community. Now, I don't live in Westfield, but what I do know is they tried to build a similar complex in Brownsburg, where I live, and they used Grand Park as, look at all this money it's making. Mm-hmm. And then what do you know? Like a, a, Literally a couple weeks or a month, Casey or whatever, later after the vote, on to not build those fields, Grand Park comes out and goes, well, it's not really doing what we thought it would do for the city from a city perspective financially, so we're going to sell. Isn't it weird, Kristen, that there's so little information for people like you who live there to make informed choices?
4: I absolutely agree. And it's actually one of my platforms, is transparency within the city government. I think it's critical. Everybody wants to understand where their tax dollars are going. And if you have an asset like Grand Park, what is the financial picture of that? And, you know, the other thing I didn't mention when I was talking about it, Our youth sports organization, the WYSI, also uses that facility and many of the diamonds and fields. And so selling Grand Park would impact our youth sports, which is something I am a strong advocate of, is having those opportunities for our youth in the community.
1: Westfield has grown an incredible amount over the past 10 years. And look, all of Hamilton County, for the most part, has grown an incredible amount over the past 10 years. How do you balance that, right? Because there becomes a point where the growth almost becomes too much for the infrastructure, the city itself, what people think of when they think of the city to handle. How do you balance something like that as a mayor?
4: So let's, let's go over those numbers because they are important. In 2010, the population was about 30,000, and today it's about 50,000. So <laughs> oh when gosh. you do that math, it's a little over 60% growth mm. in a little over 10 years, which is incredible. and. And this is part of what I've learned in the last three years being involved with the, the city government is there's a lot of processes and systems that need to be put in place to manage a city of this size. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I'm going to talk about in my campaign is becoming more data-driven and actually using information and implementing systems to help us manage this growth.
0: Yeah, well, with that growth comes more need for police and education
4: and transportation, all of it, right? Absolutely. And so this has happened so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of good people involved in our city government. But what I really want to talk about is what's next for the city and Casey you're absolutely right all of those aspects have to be examined and I'll I'll give you another stat so I'm on the plan commission um, there's been a lot of rezones done even mostly before I um, joined the plan commission and those housing starts that have been approved they're not all built but when that gets built out the population could go to Mm. (laughs) 80,000 and so We need careful thought at this point in how we plan for absolutely everything you discussed, the roads, the Mm -hmm. infrastructure, our public safety, and working collaboratively with our schools to make sure that they're not blindsided by the growth and that they can also adjust for that.
1: Now, we could spend the next 90 minutes talking here, but then upper management would get really angry at me if I spent 90 minutes talking about Westfield. So, in the meantime, we'll have you back on, and by the way, all the candidates for mayor in any of these major metropolitan or suburban areas are welcome on the show. If people want to learn, we're so thrilled you made your announcement with us today. Mm -hmm. That was so nice of you, uh, Kristen Bergman. If people want to learn more about you, you got a website, a Facebook page, how can people learn more about you?
4: You know, I do. and you know the, i just want to put um one more aspect of my campaign out there that I am the first woman running for office for mayor in the city of Westfield. In the history of Westfield. In the history yeah. of Westfield. History Did you hear breakers. That? that was the glass ceiling breaker.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, and look at where the history makers come. They come to us first, yeah, Casey. That's
4: right. <laughs> and so I'm I'm really honored by that. And I hope that this campaign also inspires others. Right now there are of the 15 decision makers. Uh, in the city government in Westfield, only three are women. And so I am very hopeful this campaign inspires other women as well to get involved in our city because the women of Westfield are incredible and they have a lot to give and impact.
1: Uh, if so, you, so if people want to learn more about you, how can they do that?
4: It's Kristen Berkman for com, And I thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Kristen Berkman running for the mayor of Westfield. Good luck. Keep us posted.
4: Thanks so much. I will. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And thank you for listening. Of course, we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.